Welcome to Justice Lose, a podcast where we talk about pop culture media. Slow that down a little bit. Yep. <laughs> uh, namely movie. Where did I leave it? Leave off. Namely so, movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston. Joined as always by my delightful co-host, that Matt. Matt, what should people do if we're still doing this? If we're still doing this. Then like, subscribe, and tell a friend. We're probably on those same mediums, and I don't know what the the future social medias are. Yeah, hit us up there, or don't if they're obsolete. This is a backup episode. Yep. We, uh, welcome to the second, for those people who might remember who listened, primarily the the few people that have been longtime listeners listened to us all the way through, like, our 70th episodes and shit like that. I don't know. It's, yeah. I feel like we're going to hit 70. We're going to use this before we hit 70. That's possible. <laughs> Seeing as, like, internships. I mean, we got winter break coming right up. Well, yeah, I mean, we have. What we need to, yeah, oh my god, oh, I didn't even start the timer. That explains everything. That explains so much. <laughs> All right, well, so okay, so this is a backup episode. Uh, this is the second span of backup episodes. We, mm-hmm. uh, as of right now, we have one backup episode left that we are actually planning on using. Yep. This week. Yes. So oh that... shit, we don't have to record this week. Exactly. Well, that's why we're recording all yeah. these as well. Um. So we will be, so these will sound closer to what sounded, what they, what they sounded like when we, around Harry Potter time. Right. Because we just. When they did the remakes with Elijah Wood as Harry, but de-aged. What? What? Do you remember those in 2028? Elijah Wood is so much older than Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, that's why they de-aged him. Why would they do that? God, watch them do that, and you just feel like weird. Called it. Okay, so uh, the yeah backup episode. Uh, obviously, something happened. Yep. Uh, best case scenario, we're just lazy. No, that's worst case scenario. Best case scenario is that like we have been doing a really good job of recording our episodes every week, mm-hmm. and I am in a different state doing data science. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, we're just fucking lazy. Yep. <laughs> Didn't want to record. We've definitely done that multiple times. Yeah. But we're just like we're in we're in, sitting in church at eleven fifteen, yeah. forty five minutes before the episodes would release, and I walk up to Matt and I'm like we didn't record and he's like backup episode i'm like backup episode. that yeah. literally happened one time yep <laughs> so that's the worst case scenario i still haven't started the timer doesn't matter um uh matt well we don't have news nope because it's a backup episode yep uh to give context of what happened recently at fucking harry potter fantastic beast stanley died stanley died that's recent yep um Aquaman's coming out soon. Yep. Fantastic Beast just came out. Yep. This doesn't matter. Bold prediction. Aquaman's going to be pretty good. I'm pretty confident in this shit. We'll talk about it next. Little do they know that we actually recorded this after Aquaman, so our predictions would be spot on. Nah, today's the 20th of November. <laughs> 20th of November at exactly 8 or 9 10 yeah, we have we have we have gone into a new time. To, why, Preston? Just keep the episode going. Uh, Matt, have you you've been up to anything? Uh, yeah, I've been up to something. I'll probably talk about this a little bit next time we record an actual episode, but um, probably not a ton. So I wanted to take a chance to talk about it here. I watched the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. That sounds like such a weird name. It is kind of a weird name. 
Um, it's a Netflix original movie directed by the Coen brothers, who okay. you might know from Fargo or No Country for Old Men or Inside Llewyn Davis or Bill Lebowski or uh, Hail Caesar or Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Or potentially those other giant movies that they've made since the exactly. episode. <laughs> There's no way that they're going to be attached to film and release a movie between when we record this and when we release it yeah there's no goddamn way they just released this one this week yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so it's it's interesting they have they are kind of all over the map with where they set their stories and um even how they tell them um and tonally they're always pretty funny except for no country for old men but that's different because it's an adaptation Mm -hmm. uh but usually it rains ranges from uh, just kind of darkly funny to really darkly funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this one, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, is interesting. It was originally intended to be a Western anthology series. But okay. I don't think they had quite enough material because they took sort of six core stories, I guess, and just turned it into one two-hour movie. Huh. So it, it's it's interesting how they do it because they're not even connected at all. They're not even tonally or thematically that similar, huh? Uh, except that they're Coen brothers. Yeah, it's just it's like at the beginning it's just a shot and it opens on a book and hand opens up the book and there's six chapters and it goes through and it goes to the first chapter and then it shows a little short. Interesting. Yeah, and so so who's Buster Scruggs? Buster Scruggs is a famous gunslinger slash regular singer who um, goes around. He's the the songbird of somewhere um realistic or real person no okay yeah that in, one's in the in the context of the yeah movie. Okay. that one's that one's one of the least realistic um so that's actually the first one he's kind of a happy-go-lucky gunslinger who's unrealistically good uh it's almost a told like a parable it's very allegorical mm-hmm. like he dresses all in white and there's a guy that dresses all in black and mm. um not realistic so in they're the racist. slightest entirely (laughs) (laughs) um let's see then the next one um i think it's the next one liam neeson is a guy who has uh um a traveling show where his companion who is armless and legless um sits on a chair and orates so he'll read a poem or give a like a famous speech he does the gettysburg address Mm -hmm. Um, or like a Shakespeare monologue. That one is a lot quieter, I think a lot more realistic and a lot darker. Mm-hmm. Um, also very interesting. Let's see. I definitely skipped one. Um, you want to save the other ones for like different episodes? It's <laughs> a pretty good one to break up. Yeah, honestly, we could do that. Okay. Yeah. Because since there's six of them, we do two each episode. Hey, that works. Because we, since... We're recording. So last time we did backup episodes, we did we recorded an episode, an actual episode. Then the next week recorded because this was back when we were doing biweekly. Right. We would do backup episodes in between, so we'd record weekly, but we'd only release biweekly. This one we're doing a fuck ton in the span of like four days. Right. So we're gonna have no watchman up tos the whole time because yep. we haven't had a chance to actually be been up to anything what you been up to i took a bathroom break yeah exactly like we, <laughs> this one might be a two-parter so we might just do straight up two episodes right back to back so yep your next one can be the next one next two yeah and then so give us at least some watch i'm up to i have been up to fallout 76 that's it 
Okay. Because since we recorded, yep. I've been very busy. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we'll just jump straight into the episode. Yeah, what are we doing today? So today, we are doing something that we pitched one of, I think I pitched the idea. I think so. That kind of along the, uh, interesting to see what, how different director styles would affect different franchises. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to completely randomize, and this is going to, we have no notes. Nothing. This is all going to be just relying purely on our knowledge of the franchises and our knowledge of the director's style. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is going to be a little bit of a test. Yep. A lot of our backups this time are kind of testing our abilities. Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah. I'm okay with that. It's good. It's good stuff. We'll make make the two people that listen appreciate our knowledge and our talents. Yep. And if we completely fail, well, we can just forget about it and record a new backup because we're That's not true. on the time schedule. Exactly. So. So we this have... is the sixth time we've tried this episode. uh we have two hats uh one is a fedora that i got forever ago and it was like six dollars at walmart and one's this weird like really small gold gold glittery pimp hat yep it looks like a hobbit pimp hat i don't know where i got it probably from a hobbit pimp that or i think i got it from uh new orleans that does look like the sort of thing you would have gotten from New Orleans. Like, it is very small. Like, I'm holding the almost the entire thing in my hand. Uh, I will post pictures of these. Retry. <laughs> I will have posted pictures of these. Will, will have posted pictures of these by the time you guys have seen this. Yes. Or listen to this. So, we have two hats. One's full of, like, the biggest franchises that are around. Like, the most popular movies or TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have... The other hat is just a bunch of like the biggest well-known or kind of the more what we're more comfortable with directors. Right. And ones that have a very distinct style. Yeah. Is kind of what we were looking for. Yeah. Um so we've got like what? I'd say 10 of each roughly. I think there's more directors, but Yeah. Give or take a dozen. Yeah. So we are going to draw these randomly from a hat. This is authentic. This is like I said there's no notes. There are literal the- hats. The more I say this, the more it sounds like we took notes and we're just making it sound like we're improving, but we are absolutely improving. This is the sound of the hat. Yep. Um, I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to draw from one of. Okay, so. Okay, how about, how about this? We'll draw at the same time. Well, that, I was kind of like. We'll switch back and forth of drawing okay. both. Okay. Because I want to, like, say this directed by this. Okay. And then we'll switch back and forth. That so, sounds good. No looking. <laughs> This is quality audio entertainment. <laughs> oh, also, I should say, if we draw a franchise that's directed by the director that we drew, we should talk about... We should put them back in, mm-hmm. but then also talk about how that director's style influenced that yeah. franchise. Yeah, yeah. So we have the MCU... Oh, this is so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. The MCU as handled by Edgar Wright. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> that is amazing. So in case you don't know why that was awkward. Um, <laughs> Edgar Wright was originally attached to direct the first Ant-Man movie, which uh, he did not end up directing. It was directed by Peyton Reed. Um, <laughs> this is fucking amazing. <laughs> Starting off real strong with just a super call out. Yep. So I think his script is still what mostly what they kept for the movie. Yeah. Um, but he did not end up directing because he has a very individual style. Um, 
he did the the Cornetto trilogy, which mm-hmm. is Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and The World's End. So why, real quick, why is that called the Cornetto trilogy? Because uh, there's this kind of ice cream called Cornetto ice cream, and it's three flavors, and it's like they're three like Neapolitan, something like that. Okay, might be a different name for Neapolitan. Okay, um, but basically they're three different movies that all kind of have the same thematic core mm. they're all ice cream but they're just vastly different flavors of it interesting okay um so he did that he did scott pilgrim versus the world he did recently baby driver, baby driver which yep. is excellent yeah um and so he got brought on to do ant-man but this is before marvel decided to actually let creative directors do their thing re taika watiti mm-hmm. and so they were trying to hem him in and make him put out a marvel product instead of an edgar wright product within oh, the mcu yeah and so he ended up leaving because of creative differences. Peyton Reed took over and directed two entirely adequate Ant-Mans. But the world's always kind of been wondering what Edgar Wright's version would have looked like. So, Matt, what would it have looked like? <laughs> not only Ant- Ant-Man, because I put the whole MCU, because like, I'm kind of imagining if, not necessarily that he directed all of them, but like if he handled the MCU. Mm-hmm. I don't know, or, or or he did direct all of them, kind of thing. Like, what yeah. what would be like drastically different? Um, what's his style? What he tends to be really tightly organized. Like, you look at Baby Driver. Yes, that is a put together movie. Yeah, and it feels really energetic and moving. But like, there's so much coordination and stuff that goes into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like it really would not jive with especially the really loose feel of like iron man Mm -hmm. the early stuff yeah um so we probably would have gotten a vastly different but i think it also really satisfying i'm imagining him doing like an iron man and like the armor's clinking on in time with the music and yeah it'd be fun and like he's i mean he's he's got a good mind for jokes yeah simon Pegg would probably play someone important (laughs) there's always simon Pegg. (laughs) oh who would simon Pegg play Captain America. Yeah, it's a joke because he's wanted to play Captain Britain. Oh forever. yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder how the structure of the MCU would be different if you talk about like tightly organized. Yeah. If his, because like the MCU was really kind of handled by like we have this end goal, but we'll do these like little things along the way and just mm-hmm. kind of like with the Avengers just put thanos at the end basically right which law avengers had a little more of him but um i wonder if it would have been like kind of the way i do writing where it's you have the beginning to end planned Mm -hmm. and structured very finely yeah i don't know if you would think that macro though because he also tends to be really self-contained yeah so i'm not sure he ever would have wanted to go the shared universe route if he were put in charge okay i think he would just be more like Let's put out a bunch of great superhero movies. And he's he's shown in the past a willingness to play with genre and tone, so I imagine he'd do that with superhero movies. Yeah. Maybe you get a Marvel Zombies, like Shaun of the Dead. Marvel Zombies. It's a, no, it's an actual thing. Is it? Yeah. They almost did that for Captain America 3. Oh, God, really? Yeah. Wow. What? Yeah. Marvel's weird. Yep. <laughs> no, but, like, even not zombies, because Shaun of the Dead... Him, he could play around with a lot of different tones and genres mm-hmm. and just do a bunch of very different movies that don't have to fit together. Yeah. I think this one's a little tough one to start on because, like, MCU is such a broad thing. Yeah. 
Like it's a lot of movies and a lot of different directors as opposed to a lot, what a lot of our things are. We're like, mm-hmm. if it's a show, he'll, they'd be a showrunner or something like that. Or like yeah. just a small series of movies that one director would have. All right. How about this? If you could give Edgar Wright one future MCU movie, what would you want him to have? Oh boy. Like one that's already uh, planned or one that is just like something that would potentially fit into this universe down the road. One that would potentially fit in Nightwing. Take over Marvel. <laughs> uh, I oh man, I don't know. Like I I know very few Marvel heroes. Yeah. I might trust him with just a really goofy hero. Yeah. Like Squirrel Girl or something. Yeah, I could see that. Like, give him something that I would trust him to take something ridiculous and make it moderately reasonable. Yeah. Like, kind of d- different than what they did with Aquaman, where they're just like, "Oh, you got this ridiculous one." Let's just make him so drastically different. Like, take a little bit from the Peter David, but, like, take a P- from the Peter David and from the New 52 and kind of just, like, mix and mash uh, Jason Momoa mm-hmm. of Aquaman. But I feel like he would stick loyally to the character and make it an interesting movie. Yeah. Which, like, spend time with it. But I feel like <laughs> I'm going to say this because it popped in my head. But you'll realize why the moment it popped in my head and I said I feel like I stopped. Because I feel like if he was working for Marvel, they would kind of quell or squash his creativity. (laughs) Oh, wait. That (laughs) happened. That actually happened (laughs) in life. (laughs) So I feel like that that would be where he would be most successful for kind of the way he is. is Mm -hmm. Just... Give him a movie that's not directly connected to the world. Yeah. Kind of do a DC where you're like, all right, we've got the shared universe. Ah, bet, uh, mistakes were made. Let's just make a bunch of movies and then maybe down the line do it. Just yeah. give him Squirrel Girl and be like, whenever you're ready to put it out, we'll put it just out. Just go make a Squirrel Girl movie. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Um, I think if we have to force him into the MCU timeline, I I love this picture of Iron Man's armor snapping on in time. And so I want to see him do an Ironheart movie. Ooh. That'd be good. I think he could have fun with that. Yeah. People who don't know what Iron who Ironheart is, uh, Don, not Downey Jr. <laughs> Tony Stark in the comics recently stepped down from Iron Man and a teenage black girl named Riri Williams. Riri Williams took the role of Ironheart, which I'm glad they didn't go Iron Woman because I'm real sick of that shit. <laughs> every, yeah. For every man, there's a woman. That. It's approximately true. Is there an Iron speaking. Woman? Did Pepper Potts ever be Iron Woman? I don't know. She was Rescue. Oh, that's right. But I don't. I don't know about Iron Woman. Okay. Um, shall we move on? Yeah, let's move on. Let's yeah, do the next that was one. Pretty. That was a pretty tough one. Okay. That was that was uh, kind of funny. Franchises. Okay. And directors. Okay. This is exciting. Yeah. That was a really kind of tough one to do. Because I don't really know Edward Wright that much, and MC was a really broad one to do. Yep. And also there's some awkward backstory. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. The winners are the franchise is Indiana Jones. It's going to be Steven Spielberg, isn't it? No. Wes Anderson. Indiana Jones by Wes Anderson. (laughs) Okay. I just immediately pictured, so like, oh my God, that is so not his... It's completely incongruous. Out of his wheelhouse so much. Yeah. Because for, okay, so Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson, I think, is one of the few people that is known so wildly purely for his style. Yeah. It's very, it's, it, it's stiff almost. 
a little bit. It it's, almost it it almost looks like he's like playing with toys. Yeah, it and doesn't look real. The it's kind of dry, mm-hmm. but it's got some really deep like meaning to a lot of it. Yeah, it's and hyper colorful and stylized. And like one of the things that I will never be able to unsee from his stuff is the symmetry in his frames. Yeah. Um obviously you knew all about that uh if you ever go watch a wes anderson movie so there's uh mr fox fantastic mr fox isle of dogs uh Uh, grand budapest hotel moonshine kingdom moonrise moonrise kingdom moonshine kingdom that sounds (laughs) that's a much more interesting movie (laughs) uh so all those movies um he has uh, just you like look at a lot of the frames just the way or the way that shots are framed Mm -hmm. and it is very symmetrical yeah uh so doing indiana jones he doesn't do much live action i he does he's done uh, moonrise kingdom he's probably done three animated movies if that to eight or nine live action really he's done a lot of live action yeah he's been making movies since the late 90s okay yeah um life aquatic with steve zisu darjeeling limited um royal tenenbaums all that okay so indiana jones indiana jones it's i feel like how would the how would the plot change first of all well we'll talk about his style because that's what he's known for in a minute but how would the plot change um would it be more i feel like it would be less action-based and more like i feel like he would do more puzzles yeah kind of stuff more puzzles like the stuff they did at the beginning stuff. or in the first one stuff right. like that where it's just like he's not even not even running just kind of like walking and like uh dialogue based stuff yeah um so there wouldn't be one of that kalima scene there wouldn't be uh i feel like the the uh freeing the kids scene mm-hmm. would have been actually pretty interesting to watch um yeah. There might have been some. I, I I'm just like really picturing some. Int- I can't like even describe what I'm picturing. Yeah. Um, but like what I am picturing right now is like like when I when you said Indiana Jones and Wes Anderson, I immediately saw him walking up to the idol in the very beginning mm-hmm. and how symmetrical that would be. And he would do that. I feel like he would do that entire scene symmetrical. Yeah. Like as like a, almost a long take. Mm-hmm. Where it would like he would go up, take it, and set it down, like, and it's all symmetrical, mm-hmm. and then the ball comes down, and then it's like, like looking at him running away from the ball, and it's symmetrical. Yeah, just kind of. I'm I'm imagining like it's just like see him from behind, see him from in front, but like very framed right down the way the the ball hallway. Going. Yeah, and then I I actually could imagine him breaking that symmetry and doing like a almost a side-scrolling video game type thing of him running away from the ball i can see that, that. seems like that seems very yeah i wonder if there would be any like stop motion stuff used oh i'm sure isn't wasn't the melting face stop motion kind of like they all they actually melted yeah. a guy but i think they probably sped it up quite a bit yeah because it looks weird right yeah they actually melted a guy in case you guys didn't know yeah a real live human being yeah, he's like, like i will give my life for for you steven spielberg yep you are my god um so what what if he were to do like a new movie though a new indiana jones movie i feel like he could actually benefit from that because yeah. it's gotten weird yep 
he could take that and just go really interesting with it. I've always loved the idea of Indy trying to track down the lost city of Atlantis. Hmm. This feels like the sort of thing he could play with really well. Yeah. It's big, it's colorful, it gives him a lot of leeway to just play around. Yeah. Because Atlantis isn't really based on anything necessarily, like a little bit Greek stuff. Yeah, it's pretty heavily based in myth. Yeah, but like... There's no actual real world thing that you can directly draw from. Yeah, yeah. So you can make up whatever the heck you want. You can make up uh, Willem Dafoe with a with a man bun. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. He looks good as Volko. He, I, he, he weirdly he does. Acts well as vocal. Vocal. Yeah. Volko, vocal. Um. Yeah. No. I'd I'd see that. I'd also like. I feel like so if they do a new one. Well, I mean they're doing eighty five, but like yeah. if it was him. I feel like he would go son of Indiana Jones, son of Indiana Jones, but start him really small, mm-hmm. which I mean, in general, would be a good move. Yeah, you can't get bigger and bigger and bigger because you just taught, you just did aliens. Yeah, what the fuck are you gonna do from there? But go start a, Manhattan projects and in, like intergalactic conquest. Uh, that is so. Have you, has the second one? Have you, have you read the second one yet? I've read the second oh, one. Right, I talked about it. Yeah. I can't bring myself to get the third one yet. <laughs> Um, so like yeah i think he would start small and it would be god i i need to go back and watch his stuff i'm almost imagining like a teenage yeah son just like really finding his his feet and doing something very small scale yeah and like i don't know the bandits are um just very like local bumbling guys almost yeah it's not some grand international conspiracy with nazis or russians or aliens or anything it's just yeah some some robbers who want to steal the stuff and sell it i will say this if wes anderson directed a new indiana jones no one would go to see it not because it's him but because people who would go to see an indiana jones would not be happy with what wes anderson yeah it would be they're very different demographics it would be it would be very weird and I mean, yeah, it's super incongruous because Indiana Jones is like very swashbuckly and adventury, and he's very rigid and smaller. And his is more like charisma based on personality rather than like being suave, like Indiana right. Jones is. So, like, just Indiana Jones, the character would be drastically different under yeah. him. And Indiana Jones also benefits from like the grittiness and griminess of the real world and he tends to be very clean and almost antiseptic Mm -hmm. like everyone's clothes are perfect and there's all these bright colors and it doesn't look like a real world yeah that 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 is that's a very good point Uh, yeah that uh from what i because i was forced to watch forced to watch moonrise kingdom Mm -hmm. a long time ago and from what i remember they were camping and they were all still very clean yeah so that would be very strange yep and I he's talented enough. I have no doubt he could pull it off and make it interesting and satisfying. It's just honestly, I don't, I I don't think he could do a good Indiana Jones just because of the, the juxtaposition of the styles would not they would clash very heavily. I mean, I imagine he'd be smart enough to know to rein in his stylistic excesses, but yeah, it's a good way of putting him <laughs> stylistic excesses. Not to get don't get me wrong, I love Wes Anderson, but uh-huh. um, yeah. Okay. He, he would need to rein that in. All right. Should we do our next pair? We should do our next pair. Rattle, rattle, rattle. Franchise. Okay. 
Director. All right. <laughs> oh, dear. Lord of the Rings is directed by Peter Jackson. So these are going back in. Okay. <laughs> what does Peter Jackson directly contribute to Lord of the Rings? The scope, I think. Yes. Those are movies that needed to be three hours that go all in on the the battle scenes and also all in on like the sets and yeah. also all in on the details and yes. stuff. Yeah. This needed to be a massive world that works down to the smallest detail. Yeah. For people Jackson. like us that can see it like us because we're perfect, that can see exactly. the stuff that can like for, for The Hobbit, we can see where his influence was and where the studio restricted him well and partly he did not he also didn't want to do it yeah but looking at like uh mortal engines Mm -hmm. like that looks huge yeah like he just he doesn't go small scale with that stuff he goes like i feel like if a lot of other directors did it they would stick very closely to one specific Mm storyline and kind of like do a little bit of the surrounding events yeah like they probably just go purely well, depending on the director, like, I feel like Wes Anderson would love to do Frodo. Yeah. That's a weird, weird world. I think he would love to do just, like, Elves. A, a little Shire movie. Yeah. <laughs> that seems oh, that would Wes be, Anderson. That would be a very good movie for Wes yeah. Anderson. Oh, that'd be amazing. We need just... to do it. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to read. All right. Re, re, whatever this is. Redraw. That's re- what it is. Redraw. I swear, if this, is, if this is Lord of the Rings and Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I didn't see the one, but... Oh, that one's backwards. Oh, no. Okay. The menu, as handled by Zack Snyder. Huh. Can you get darker? <laughs> I feel like... like Starting off, I feel like it would get darker... But unnecessarily. Yeah. Like darker, not darker as in like grounded, but just darker as in like, I feel just sad watching this. Yeah. It'd get oppressively dark and it. I think it would lose a lot of thematic coherence because of it. Can, can Iron Fist get worse? If you if show you... that fight choreography in slow motion. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> like, I just like with how bad Iron Fist is. And how much Zack Snyder can't do anything that is not directly from page to screen. Yep. That would just be atrocious. Yeah. And Iron Fist at least had the benefit of being a little more upbeat. And so it sort of had a different energy. Imagine if you try to drag it down and then imagine how angsty Danny Rand would get. God. Oh, my God. It's like the like he he would be so much worse than every teenage girl that wears a choker. Yeah. <laughs> That was a really targeted. Yep, that was <laughs> targeted. That was point. aggressive. <laughs> that was um, aggressive in about four different directions at once. <laughs> um, Jessica Jones would definitely be less colorful. Yeah, it's. I mean, she. Uh, well, that, I mean, all of them are kind of except Iron Fist, first season at least. Yeah, all of them are uniquely colorful. Yeah, and uh, if you're if you're listening to this and you're like, "What the fuck? It wasn't that colorful." Like, it's not colorfully. It's not like, Wes Anderson colorful. Well, it's it's not color like colorful in a concrete manner, really. Mm-hmm. It's and it's not like colorful. Like I I picture 
the colors with them, like red for Daredevil, purple for um, Jessica Jones, and orange for Luke Cage. It's not because, like, they did the Matrix where they put basically, like, literally put a film right. of that color. Not literally, but put a film of that. Did they actually do that? I don't think so. I think I remember hearing that someone tried to say they did that or something. I don't know. But um, but there is color to it in the tone almost. Like, it's it's really yeah. fascinating how that can happen if you do things in a certain way. You'll feel the colors rather than see them. Yeah. That's really, like, romantic almost. Yeah. Um, But, no, like, they're – there would be less color. It would be more gloomy. Uh, none of the stealth for uh, Daredevil would have been done nearly as well. Right. Uh, and I'm not saying Zack Snyder's a bad director. I'm just saying this is not the... the and we've said this before. Mm-hmm. This is not the genre that he can have free reign in because it's not... Because everyone has their fortes. Yeah. Free reign in a, in a superhero movie is not his. Yes. He's got other good stuff. Yep. Fine. But this this would be... And and just how he handles shared universes. Yeah. Would be very poor. Yeah. I could see this going badly in a lot of different directions. A lot of ways. Just Iron Fist being worse. Is <laughs> like, astonishing. I didn't think it could get worse, but then just having this pair... Yeah. Is just like blatantly way worse. Yep. <laughs> All right. <sighs> Matt, your turn. Okay. Let's see if I can get a better one here. That was kind of that was kind of a harsh. Yep. Harsh go. I was at just it. like, well, this would be bad. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. <laughs> okay. You know, you know, it's it's really kind of disappointing when you take something that's really good, just like averagely, mm-hmm. and one person you could just know it would be bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's also a testament to how much good creative power went into the menu in the first place. Yeah. Like, that is an impressive universe. Yeah. Okay. All except Iron Fist. Well, except for the first season of Iron Fist. Yeah. First season of Iron Fist, yeah. Yeah. All right. Star Wars. Taika Waititi. I would fucking love it. I mean, we're actually going to get a little bit of that. He's directing some of the Mandalorian. Yeah. Well, a lot of the Mandalorian. I think he's got the first and last episode. Mm Mm-hmm. So, okay. they obviously, he's the one who has control over how everything goes. Okay. Um, obviously more improv. I think, oh man, it would be so different. So, I'm looking at original series. Okay. Like, if he were to just be his age and experience back in the 80s. 70s, 70s and 80s. How would that look? Um, mm. Man, that's a... It would be way more like I mean, uh, oh I look a lot at Thor. I'm imagining like all the LSD trip type stuff, like 2001: A Space Odyssey from around that era. Dude, hyperspace would look fucking Whoa. crazy. <laughs> you would get <laughs> this that. Could get terrifying. Yeah. Um, I feel like Han would be much funnier. Yeah. And not like the the dry humor kind of funny that he is, just like blatantly funny. Yep. Um, Jar Jar Binks would be better. Yeah, that's for sure. Honestly, I think he would Taika do really would, good prequels. He would do really good prequels because he knows how to handle different tones and like starting like really like ah squeeze me and like and then yeah. moving into like I hate you. Yeah, he would do a really good job of like a very clean decline and handling that really well. Right, and also I think he'd make the action a lot better because I love the action yes. in Thor Ragnarok. It's yeah. like. As good as he is with just sort of the loose people talking and stuff, 
when he sits there and actually choreographs an action scene and scripts that and films that, that is beautiful. Yeah, it's really good. I think, man, we should start a petition for a Taika Waititi redo the prequels. <laughs> That'd be really good. Yeah. And it would be like, I feel like that's a really good place for him to do it because like, he really likes color and just a diversity of color. Yeah. His, his is a visual color. Yeah. Like in contrast to like what we're talking about with, with the menu, his is a very visual color. Like he likes to put different colors against each other so that you have a, you, you don't get tired. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, so he d- you don't get tired of the same color, but you also don't get fatigue from like a million different colors always. Mm-hmm. He does a really good job of like knowing when to use different visuals. Um, and what you have like a really weird smirk on your face. Well, so I was trying to think who he'd play, and I think it's just obviously got to be Jar Jar because he would save that role. I would love him as Jar Jar. Yeah. Just imagine Jar Jar with a New Zealand accent instead of well... whatever he had. And then fix the character. Who else is there in the... It's exactly the Korg role. It's the comedic sidekick that actually has some plot relevance. What if he was Boss Nass? Yeah? Yeah? Nah. No, Boss Nass has to be Jermaine Clement. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm also thinking of, like, he's really good at... So, like, he could do, like, the blatant humor Mm -hmm. for episode one. And then I'm thinking, like, the dry humor he has for uh, what we do in the shadows and Hunt for the Wilder People mm-hmm. for episode two. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like he would pretty much just scratch the humor for episode three. Yeah. Like, he would know how to, like, bring that he down. pull it down, yeah. Well, I mean, Thor gets dark in places. Thor does get dark. Biggest problem I had with Thor was how they handled Odin's death, but that's probably not his fault. He was just like, fuck, we gotta kill Odin. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, gotta kill Odin before we even start the plot, so... Yeah. Um, so yeah. And I think he would have really good colorful set pieces, Mm -hmm. which I think were, were okay in the prequels as they were Mm -hmm. like, they were pretty colorful and they're enjoyable. Yeah. They had like, I was, it wasn't like, Oh, that's so cool. It was just like, I'll watch it. That's, it doesn't hurt me. Yeah. But no, I would love a Taika Waititi prequels. Yeah. I have nothing else to say about that. All right. Moving on. All right. What do we got? What do we got? Awesome. Speaking of boss ass. <laughs> All right. Franchise and director. We got whoop, 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 whoop. James Bond, directed by Peter Jackson. Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, that Peter Jackson doesn't do spy stuff no the most he's done was aragorn before he went full king or before he went like i'll help you adventures Mm -hmm. which was like a scene yep or (laughs) eowyn going undercover to pretend she's a man (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) um and then also uh the dwarves trying to hide from the dragon which we know how I feel about that scene. He loves it. It's great. He loves it so much. He loves it as much as I love the Batman versus Superman. Yep. Uh, no, honestly, I. it's an interesting mix because we just talked about Peter Jackson being like this big scope yeah. guy and James Bond. Um, like it's, it's 
much more focused story. It's about this one guy and he's more espionage. But I think he would do well with sort of like you give him some big set pieces and you have him doing like a globe trotting high paced action type yeah. thing. I think he could do that pretty well. I think he could do well, no, because Mission Impossible still it's a it's a more of a mix between the two. It's like right grander scale like world annihilation it's more like hyper reality yeah um i think he would benefit from being one of the last few movies of the entirety of james bond yeah so you have like this history of james bond being the one guy through like espionage and stuff Mm -hmm. but like one slip up at the end of one movie and then it's him in the middle of like giant like wars of like yeah so, like like he loses or something and all of a sudden there's actual world war three yeah and like there's giant like uh i'm picturing like a invasion of normandy with him running through it mm-hmm. and he's like fuck 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 this is not what i've been trained for <laughs> but like you have these giant set pieces that like peter jackson can obviously do sword battles that is giant armies against each other but yep. like i feel like he could also just do straight up modern war yeah. um so give him like a big conclusion where things have just gone to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. To use a phrase that I've literally never used in my life. It's a good phrase. <laughs> um, and how he how that would be used. Yeah. I think I I think as much as he is like a very much an epic director, I think he'd probably do just a good James Bond movie if he said, "Hey, make another generic James Bond movie." I think he could probably do a good job with that because yeah. he's like. When he wants to do something, he's really good at the detail oriented and uh-huh. um like focused. Uh and he's he's got an eye for visuals. You look at Yeah. Lord, Lord of the Rings, Rings one of the biggest things that sold people on Lord of the Rings is the fact that almost all of it was practical effects. Yeah. Like the few things that were that I can think of that weren't practical effects were uh what the gold what uh the golden hall actually looked like from a helicopter point of view because mm-hmm. they just took a v- video of like that plateau basically they yeah. just stuck it on it with cgi yeah and then um like the eye of sauron yeah basically everything else was practical effects well, including the tens of thousands of people that were yeah. the armies that this was is... all people yep <laughs> yeah i mean there's 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 some. there's plenty of cgiing in there if you yeah if you want to find it i mean well Gollum for one thing oh uh, but yeah which, admittedly, he did find a way to ground that that was new and revolutionary at the time. Yeah. By doing mocap. Yeah. But. It's always funny whenever I watch Gollum, like, cl- like, climbing or walking or something, and you look at the ground, and it's just not moving under him. Yeah. Like, there was one time where he was, like, he grabbed onto a tree, and he, like, twisted it, and nothing happened to the bark. Yeah. It was just, like, interesting. And you can kind of see the little black outline of him mm-hmm. if you if you look close enough. Anyway. Um, I, I think, so, like, what I'm saying is, like, the visuals really sell. Game uh, Game of Thrones. Peter Jackson doing Game of Thrones. That mm, worked. Mm-hmm. Kind of disappointed we didn't get that. Um, but uh, James Bond doesn't really rely on that epic stuff. No. Much. Spectre kind of tried to. It has a lot of yeah big showy set pieces and yeah stuff like that. I feel like he might have actually been a good call for Spectre. Yeah. He could have. Well, for one thing, Spectre was really slow. I think he probably would have been able to pull the pace together a little more. So, and then... Hey, Matt. Yeah? yeah? That says Star Trek. Yeah? You said Star Wars. Is that the one I pulled out? 
next attack of a TD. Oh. So I'm going to reach in there and I'm going to pull out Star Wars and I'm going to throw in Star Trek. <laughs> Where'd it go, he Matt? Would be, he would be even better at Star Trek. We, well, we will never know because we didn't draw that, <laughs> Matt. Uh, Way to blow it. I know. I messed it up already. Gosh, now we got to do a seventh take. <laughs> uh, anyway, so. Anyways. Yeah, I, I, I could see him doing. Yeah. I mean, he's a good director. Yeah. He'd figure it out. All right, next one. One more, I think we should be, we should. All right, one more. We're at forty-one minutes. Okay. I think we could, I think we could do a second one. Like if we run out, which I don't really. I think how many have we done? One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, I think so. I think we could do another one of these. Yeah, maybe not tonight. Not tonight, because I'm gonna be tired. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Got my director. Or maybe that's my. Franchise. That's the franchise. And the right director's got the fedora. I thought the right franchise had the fedora. It's Indiana Jones. Okay. Franchise is Game of Thrones. Uh, Michael Bay. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. Uh so obviously this would completely ruin the regular game of thrones yeah because there's no way he would be able to pull off the political intrigue and nuance oh that god makes, no especially the early seasons great he is so blunt yes but i don't even know if he could handle the battles because he just likes explosions and like explosions like battle of blackwater he could have done that yeah <laughs> by actually doing it <laughs> yeah he would have had a lot of fun with that one yeah um i don't think he does fantasy that much no, I mean, it's always well, been doing Transformers for years, but before that, it's like Pearl Harbor, The Rock, um, Bad Boys. Do you think, well, okay, so like, maybe he could do it if he had the oversight of Germ. Yeah, I think if he got some good writers and... Which we're not actually even looking at that for this. Like we're looking at like if a director had full control of this thing and how would it look. Right. And this somehow there would be jagged metals running around with crazy sounds. Oh yeah. I don't know, man. I don't think I would like that. Yeah, I I can't imagine. What else is in his style? Um, like besides explosions. He has this one really cool aggressive camera movie does where it like pans around and goes down to like sort of spirals around someone and goes like down around them and so it like makes them look up it's, it, it's cool effect but he always does that and that's very specific uh-huh um i feel like he tries to do epic but yeah. very bluntly yeah he's like a peter jackson wannabe almost yeah so like he all, all the Game of Thrones stuff is like, look, there's this giant thing that's happening. Here's a little piece of it, and then an explanation about everything else that happens. Yeah. And then the next thing is like, oh, here's like a bigger thing that's been happening, and it's always like a bigger thing. It's like the first one was on like was like the Allspark, and then I said a like a lot. Yep. Uh, first one was the Allspark, and then the fourth one was fucking dinosaurs and just somehow obscure weird stuff. The fifth one was king arthur oh yeah i think merlin i know merlin was involved merlin was in it and there's excalibur i think that's probably yeah. the artifact they're supposed to find so i think what what we're kind of saying is that like the first 
three or four seasons would look different, but I think writing would be around the same because I think just Gurm would be involved like he was. Yeah. Like very focused and he's like, this is my art. This is what you're going to do with it. But then once you get kind of past what's done, it gets really weird and blunt and like, and I want to say falsely and un inorganically epic. Yeah. He'd, like he'd... he would go, Oh man, it's so hard to, all right. If you care about game of Thrones and spoilers, just be wary that spoilers might come out. Spoilers are about to come out. What I'm about to say is a spoiler for the very end of season seven. So if you care about game of Thrones, just, I guess this is the end of the episode for you. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks Bye. for listening. Bye. Uh, <laughs> the I'm gonna let them <laughs> if they like have to get to their phone and yeah. fair enough. Uh, with Michael Bay, the Army of the Dead would have shown up way earlier than the end of oh, season yeah. seven. They would be in fucking King's Landing by mid season six. Yes, because <laughs> <laughs> he's just like he would. I can imagine him wanting. He would love. He would do a lot with the dragons. Yep. Fighting. Oh yes. The he would have all kinds of fun with that. It was. We established that it was Rhaegon that died. Rhaegal. Rhaegal. Yeah, that's what I know. Viserion. Viserion. Rhaegal. Rhaegal and Drogon. Drogon. Okay, so it was Rhaegal that died. Pretty sure. Um. Yeah. I think I'll have to go back. And One of them. Anyway, uh, he would have had that happen a lot sooner so that he could have like dragons fight a lot. And oh, the yeah. dragons would all be dead because he would have, he would have had the done it early. Yep. So all they would be, all them all. Would oh, be dead. but he'd probably have them like have more dragons or something and just have an army of dragons. He'd find a way to bring that in. Yeah. He'd have, uh, I imagine he would have the dragons fighting and then Daenerys like running underneath the dragons fighting. Yeah. Kind of how you have like every human Fox. fighting or running underneath the transformers fighting. Yep. Cause that um, gives it emotional stakes. Does it? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh, I feel like the fights would be much more, um, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? Omniscientary, omniscient viewpoint type thing. Yeah. Sort of like it just watches the fight happen. So it's just like a bunch of people in a field, just like swinging things. And you're like really high up Yeah. as opposed to like, you get the battle of the bastards where you're literally under the bodies. Yeah. Panicking yourself. Right. <laughs> and the thing that makes that battle so great is that it's like, here's John. This is John's battle. Yeah. Yeah. So not yeah. great. Can't see that that would be an improvement. Yeah. I think who, who do you think would be, a really good improvement in game of thrones i mean peter jackson's the obvious answer again yeah because he does scope but he's also good at focusing on characters yeah um battle of helm's deep is like to this day the master class in doing a fantasy battle yeah. sequence and so uh, he's just he's going to be the obvious choice yeah there's no reason to think he couldn't do the political entry i think the battle of helm's deep is a better version it's the best fight and it beats out every fight in game of thrones Purely because there's different... It's almost like a video game where there's different phases of it. Yeah. So you start with, like, the just tension that... I even still feel it when I watch it, where it's, like, before the, before even anyone shows up, yeah. they're all, like, getting prepared. It's super quiet. 
Yeah. People are just like sharpening their swords and all the kids are around going like, fuck, we're all going to die. Yep. And then they show up and then it's just a standoff and then it starts raining. And then there's just this fight with the rain where it's just like long distance shit. And yep. then they come up and start climbing and then there's them breaking into it. And yep. then there's the big fight in the fields. And then the, the, uh, Rohirrim comes through. Like it's just multiple phases. Yeah. But I feel like all of the game of Thrones fight have been single phase. Um, I'd argue the battle at the wall is similar to Helm's Deep in that respect. It's like different attacks from different directions and different yeah. phases. Well, that, that's, that's partly why I like that one so much. Yeah, because they do – they climb. Yep. And then they get through. They and climb. then they just fight in there. Yeah, but there's like – like, there's there's archers and giants coming from beyond the wall and trying to get through the gate. And then there's um, people trying to get over the wall. And then there's people on the far side trying to climb up the wall. Yeah. And it feels like they keep enough going on to keep you constantly moving. Yeah. Um, I do. This has become a review of Game of Thrones. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to do, it might've already started being released. We'll actually talk about it. Like our next episode. We should talk about this. We're going to do like a week by week, kind of like 30 minute ish mm-hmm. episode on each episode. Yeah. As it's, as its own series. Mm-hmm. Um, we could actually start doing that pretty soon. If we go back and watch episode one and two, yeah, and then as we watch with Tiercy, we can take notes for each episode and talk yeah. about it. That'd be a good idea. Anyway, yeah. okay, I think that's it. Okay, uh, We've still got several names in the hat, so we'll just do that for a sequel sometime. Yeah, uh, probably next time we record. Probably next time we record. <laughs> uh, so the takeaway from this is most of these benefit from how they're made already. Yep, there's a few ones like Taika Waititi with. Episode one, two, and three mm-hmm. that would make it phenomenal. Yep. Uh, but we got what we got. Yeah. I think we should be glad for what we got. Yeah. Except for the prequels and the Hobbit and Iron Fist season one and Iron Fist season one. All right. Okay. Shall we? We shall. Thanks everyone for listening to this backup episode. Um, if this is still relevant, you can find us on Spotify and iTunes. And what's the new one you just put us on? Uh, it's not new when this comes out, but we're on, fuck. Podbean? Podbean? Bean pod? I think it's Podbean. <laughs> we're on Podbean also, so hit us up there if you prefer to listen to us there. Um, you can find us on Facebook if that still exists, uh, Justice <laughs> Losers. We're also on Twitter if that hasn't burned to the ground, Justice Losers Pod at, at Justice Losers Pod. There you go. Uh, we're also at Justice Losers Pod on Instagram, if that still exists. Uh, Gmail's definitely going to be a thing, which, of course, that's going to be the one that actually collapses. Yeah. So, uh, Justice Losers Pod at gmail.com. If you have, uh, if you want to see us do this again, well, good, because we're going to do it again. If you don't, too bad. We're going to do it again. Yep. If you have ideas for more franchises or directors or for more interesting ways we could do a spin on this, uh, let us know on one or several of those mediums. Um, it's no use saying what we're going to talk about next time because this is a backup episode. So I guess thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Michael. Bye. Huh? <laughs> <laughs>